Let's just pray again. Wow, Lord, we love you. We worship and adore you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit's presence and power with us. We thank you for your words. We thank you for the truth of it. We just pray today as we again look at a great and glorious truth. And we look at the realities of our day-to-day life. We ask you again for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, that we might know and understand and receive deep within us truth. We'll just give you these moments now in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to continue. Uh, This is the last one this year. Uh, We've been looking uh, at this uh, series of chapters in the book Truth, Truth on Fire. We've been digging into some theology and uh, uh, quite a profound, profound one today. Uh, God, is, God is good. The experience of trusting through suffering. And uh, I, I want to tell you, I want to be very, it's good to be honest. Uh, I want to be honest all the time, but I really battled the beginning of the week, I battled with this because it's a great subject, but pastorally, just one is aware of people's lives and uh, the realities that, that people live with and things that they go through. And, and when, you, when you think about the experience of trusting through suffering, it, I, I just found, I just didn't want to, really, I've really had to work <laughs> uh, this week uh, in just getting before God and uh, what it is that God's been wanting uh, to say to us and speak to us in this glorious truth. And then this morning, literally early this morning, I just saw a quote by Terry Virgo, dear father in our family of churches, um, and he does some great quotes sometimes, and I just wanted to read this. Unless we acknowledge and understand biblically the place of suffering in the Christian life, We shall experience Christianity light and be defenseless, bewildered, and easily crushed by unexpected events. I just thought that was a profound little sentence from Terry that was on his Twitter and on his Facebook this morning. Unless we acknowledge and understand biblically the place of suffering in the Christian life, we shall experience Christianity light and be defenceless, bewildered, and easily crushed by unexpected events. Psalm 34. And interestingly, in the NIV, it says this, of David, when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he left. Now, this is a challenging moment, right? This is a challenging moment in David's life, pretending to be insane. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This man, poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. 
the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the, is, the, is the man and woman, the person who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. On Tuesday, I experienced a very, very unusual set of circumstances. My uncle, my mum's only brother, uh, recently died, and I was asked to take the graveside committal just over the water uh, at Hedge End, uh, the uh, cemetery in Hedge End. Now, you, you might say, well, I'm sorry to hear that, Mark, but it's not that unusual. Why is it so unusual? However, if I tell you that I had had no real contact at all with that uncle for 30-plus years, and that on Tuesday I saw two cousins who I'd not seen for 50 years, uh, and I met one cousin who I'd never met in my life. Um, I met people who used to know my mum and my dad, even my grandparents. I even came across a lady who used to push me in a pram, and I recognised her face. It's a long and complicated story that has to do with the exclusive brethren. Again, God bless them. Some of you have heard me mention them over the years. As I said at the graveside, there is no doubt that the brokenness of religion, not the gospel, but the brokenness of religion and the failures of men have caused deep anguish and pain, not least to my uncle and to his children, but to many others who were stood around that graveside there on Tuesday. Deep pain that I can't begin to, to go into today. But in God's sovereignty, a number of us were reunited, as you've just heard, and we were able to talk and to share, uh, even about my mum and dad, and uh, both who've gone to be with the Lord, and my grandparents who went to be with the Lord many years ago. We were able to exchange numbers and emails. We live in a world that is impacted by sin and by death and by pain. The resulting pain and suffering, it runs deep, deep in our worlds. Romans 8, the Apostle Paul describes this present age while we wait for the return of Jesus as one of groaning. In fact, the Apostle Paul says the whole of creation is groaning. Well, this is a positive way to, <laughs> to start a talk, isn't it? The question, as... Uh, no, let me j jump back. Sorry, I jumped a bit there. There are joys. There are joys. I'm very thankful for the many joys that we have in life. But each of us will know how this groaning has impacted our lives. Over the years, the groaning will have impacted our lives in all sorts of ways. And so in the, the book that we've been tracking, Adam Ramsey says this, for all of us in varying degrees, suffering has scraped us and shaped us. Suffering has scraped us and shaped us. Even yesterday at Park Run, uh, we came to a turning point. A lady in front of me stopped and I went flying, as did Charlie the dog, and uh, I literally took the skin off my hands. 
And it's like, ah, you know, and it's a sort of an outward symbol uh, of what many of us know. Suffering has scraped us and shaped us. The question Adam Ramsey goes on to ask is, where do we turn when life implodes? When death visits our family? When cancer knocks at the door? When betrayal turns up unannounced? When depression haunts us? When pain becomes actually a constant presence? Where do we turn? I believe in the Bible the words of Jesus, and in Christian experience of many who have gone before us, is that we need to learn to run. We need to learn to run. Not away from God, but towards Him. Towards Him. The honest truth is this, and I have my own and I'm sure there are others here, we may never get the answer to the question, why? Why? In this life. And that can be very challenging. I do not want to dismiss how challenging that question of why at times can be. But, if we will allow it to penetrate our pain, there is deep comfort and assurance to be found because we do have a who. We have a who. One who is not detached from our sin and suffering, but one who draws near as a father who adopts us. As a saviour who sympathises with us. We looked at that last week. We do not have one who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses. But we have one who's been tempted in every way as we are. Yet was without sin. We looked at that last week. And the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who helps us in our weakness. What is so key to this? And even when we can't see it, or feel it. There is a truth that we must learn to trust. What is this truth? What is this truth that we must learn to trust? It is that that which abounds and overflows from the heart of God, which is his steadfast, his undiluted goodness. Goodness. Some of you will know I've had the the privilege of going to Africa quite a few times and one of the things I love is the call and response that you get in that context. Many of you will know it, some of you will be able to say it straight away, but there's this great call, God is good all the time and the response is all the time, God is good, God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. Brothers and sisters, we need to say today this. That's not just an emotional or a cultural response. It's a deep theological truth, which also has the power to deeply impact and influence our lives, our thinking and our emotions, perhaps especially during times of pain and suffering. We just read Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. 
Blessed. Some versions say happy. But that happy is not just a frothy thing. It's a deep inner awareness. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. There is a, there is a place of refuge, of security, of hope, of strength, of life when we taste and see that the Lord is good. So through all the ups and downs, sometimes major challenges of life, there is a foundational truth for every believer that we are invited to grasp, we're invited to take hold of, and it's this. God is good all the time. You see, if we think of all the great truths that we've been looking at over the last few weeks, the one we've been describing is completely transcendent, unrivaled in his sovereignty, unrivaled in his power, unrivaled in his righteousness and his knowledge, the one who is over all and in all and through all, that one would be a terrifying God if it were not also that he is perfect in his goodness. Perfect in his goodness. Adam Ramsey, little quote from him, a God unrivaled in power who was not also unwavering in goodness might be revered, but certainly could not be trusted. But God is good. All that he does is good. Goodness is at the very heart, at the very epicenter of who he is. And so we can trust, even when we don't see it, or feel it. I was going to read a quote from a book that I have left at home. <laughs> I've just got to, I've gone, oh, I've left it at home. So that I'll just trust God's sovereignty in that. But there's a wonderful quote, really, about Jesus being our good shepherd. And that's, that's the heart of it, that he is known as the Good Shepherd. And the quote that I would have read you, I'm going to just do it from my heart because it went so deeply into me today, as I, uh, this week, as I was reading it. Uh, the lady who writes the book is using the illustration of uh, a domesticated animal like a dog and how trusting uh, a domesticated animal can be. Um, uh, and because of that, they can come close, we can care for them, particularly if they're injured or hurting, but we can engage with them. But the challenge, of course, is when an animal is domesticated, it, there's the potential, obviously, for the owner or for someone to do them harm, to do them harm, to injure them, to be cruel to them, because the domestication has created a measure of trust, but then harm comes. But then she uses the illustration that Jesus is the good shepherd that we can come close, we can know him, and we trust one who will not do us harm, the one who will not be cruel to us, who will not let us down. He is the good shepherd, not just a nice shepherd, the good shepherd who we utterly can trust. Utterly, we can come close. We trust his voice. We trust his hand in our lives. There we are. I didn't even need the book, did I? <laughs> Why do we need to read God's Word, study the nature and the heart and the character of God as we have been doing? Why do we need to fill our minds with the words and teaching of Jesus? Because in the words of Jesus himself, John 8, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
As we're walking through life, the battles, the challenges, what we're facing, brothers and sisters, we need the truth. We need the truth in us. We need to stand on the truth. We need to build our lives on the truth. Because if we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Does it answer all the questions? No. But because God is good, those who love him can rest in the confidence that all things ultimately will work together for good. Nowhere in the evil, overturning goodness of God is it more clearly revealed than at the cross. Titus chapter 3 verse 4. When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us. Not because of the works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Saviour. What a profound set of verses. Why did Jesus save me? Not because I was good, but because he is good. Not according to what I deserve, but according to his own mercy. He saw our situation, he saw our need, and he showed us mercy. We deserved judgment, righteously, but he showed us mercy. That's why we talk about the message of the gospel being good news. It's good news of the goodness of God. It also means that Jesus is no stranger to our sufferings. The deep impulses of Jesus' heart is to move towards sinners, towards sufferers with goodness and loving kindness. The question is, will we trust him? Will we trust him? Because at times... It can feel very hard, can't it? It can feel very hard. I, I was really... So I'm battling with this truth, this glorious truth of the goodness of God, and yet I've had the privilege over the years of sitting beside and taking the, the funerals of many believers who've had huge challenges uh, in their lives. And I just felt... We just need to ground this. And so I I popped round the corner to Simon and Hannah's and I said, can I just chat to you about suffering? (laughs) Um, Hannah, why don't you come up here? Grab grab a mic. Let's welcome Hannah. (laughs) Um, Why don't you just very, very quickly just say what happened after you went to the opticians and then the sort of result of it. Just first of all, just say, because so, not everybody would yeah. know, because you, you look fine standing here right now. Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, let's turn you on. There you go. Just flick it on. No. There you go. Fine being fearful, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, yeah, just a quick testimony. Uh, about 15 years ago when... Faith was about six months. Um, my eye went a bit wonky, and um, unfortunately, I did go into the road with the pram, which told me I need some help. <laughs> um, so I went to an opticians, um, and sorry, it was a very long time ago, but I still get emotional. <laughs> 
he looked in my eye and he said, I'll be back in five minutes. And I went, oh. And I called Simon and um, he didn't come back in five minutes. He came back in about 20 minutes. And he said, I've got you an ambulance. Do you have someone who can take your daughter? So that night I was rushed to hospital and within a day I was in Hull Hospital actually for about uh, seven weeks. Um, they found a lump in my head um, and so the story goes, obviously. They got it out and um, I'm here. <laughs> As a result of some of the treatment, um, I do have a bone condition which has given me pain for a lot of years, um, but uh, as of maybe two or three years ago, I've started my journey with my physical healing, still on the journey with the emotional traumatic healing, um, but God is good. So that's just a really quick So I, being aware of this, and also that, um, like others I know, uh, you suffer quite regularly with quite severe migraines as yeah. well. Um, so I just knocked on the door and I said, look, I'm, I'm, I've got to speak on this subject. <laughs> Um, but I just, it needs to be grounded and earthed. And I said, when, when I talk about trusting God through suffering, that was, I think I sat down, didn't I? I said, yeah. when you talk about trusting God through suffering, what comes to your mind? What did you think? And, yet, and then you began to speak. So, I mean, I'm just going to say it again. What, what comes to your mind? You know, there was a word beginning with B that was your first <laughs> word. Uh, battle. Uh, that is the first word that came to mind and still does. Um, <clears throat> I think, can I just say yeah, what, I, say, what I said about yeah, prayer? Yeah. So my starting point is the truth, God is good, that I feel very privileged to have grown up in a Christian family. Uh, I know you aren't born a Christian, but I think I was. Um, <laughs> um, but it is, a, it is a battle, so you have to start with the truth, and I, I don't want to be standing up here saying I've got all the answers and I've got it sorted. I don't. It, it's still a journey. But we often feel that when we pray and when we praise or worship or read the Bible, this is the outcome that we want. We pray because we want healing. Um, this has been a massive revelation and journey for me that I want to and I need to pray and praise and read his word no matter what, yes. no matter the outcome. Um, I, I have done that for years. I haven't been able to dance and skip and run, <laughs> but I still want to pray and praise and worship God because he's good. Um, I'm a romantic by heart, so I probably enter into looking at the world a little disappointed anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that... The word is battle, and it's not a Narnia riding on a horse with flowy things battle. It's a, it's a grit. I'm crying. I'm shouting. I'm, I'm real with God. I really am real with Him, and I know that I'm loved, even, yeah. even in the hardships. Just one more. So would you say that where you were, say, maybe 14, 13, 12 years ago, where you are today... Are you, are you still in the same place? Are the increments tiny? Are they big? What? I'm not in the same place. No. Thank God. <laughs> um, the increments come in seasons. I think they are, 
There are times when you feel like it's rushing on ahead. And there's times when it feels like nothing's happening. Particularly for me, the last few months I have suffered with low mood, depression, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, but I know that he's here. I know that he's with me. I know that he is using me. I know that he is good. Um, and I know he is present. That's the other thing. I, I, I've, if, any, if you want to pray for anything, pray for the gift of faith. I pray for it over and over again, and I do believe that God has given me this gift of faith because I know that he is present. It doesn't matter what's going on, I know that he is present, and our finite brains can't actually grasp that. No. But when the, word talks, when the Word of God talks about the fact that he blesses us, like some of the verses you've shared today, yeah. it's not a blessing as in... Um, I will heal your ailment or I will give you material things. It's his presence. And that's all we need is his presence. That's how he blesses us. And if we can stay in his presence, that is all we need. I feel like there's, um, there's a misquoted verse. I think it's in 1 Corinthians. And lots of people say the phrase, God will never give you more than you can handle. And um, in Corinthians, it's actually something about temptation. It's not really about your situations. And I've often struggled with that. And I'm sure there are others that struggle with that phrase. And I just watched a clip the other day. And it's really real. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, the preacher was saying that is a falsehood. Of course he gives you more than you can handle because he's going to come in power and sort it out. Right. <laughs> so that other verse about him being strong in our weakness, mm. he does give us more than he can handle so that we can glorify him. Mm. I, I couldn't have handled what I went through. Mm. I didn't. I only did it through the strength of God and my family and the wider church family. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Wonderful. Where do we find the power to trust through suffering? It's by responding to that invitation. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge. It's so profound, Hannah. Just that declaration. I've just got to take refuge in the Lord's. David invites us to not merely acknowledge God's goodness, but to taste it, experience it, make our home in it. It's a picture of shelter. It's a picture of security. We can be going through physical pain, emotional turmoil, but God's goodness towards us in Christ is a place where our hearts can take refuge. If God is good, does good, and through the work of Jesus, forces even evil to work for our good, then we can trust him through every trial that comes our way. Just something that Hannah said there, and she said it to me, she was sharing it with me uh, earlier in the week, and it just struck me 
I just want to make one more point, and um, Steve and team, I'd love us to just come back. That um, we were singing earlier about the goodness of God, something like that. But there's one more point that I just think is so important here. In this is a challenging moment, all right? So brace yourself, but be full of faith, because I think this is important. Pastorally, 35 years of pastoral ministry, I've had to really work this one through. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. This is challenging, but it's also biblical. Our afflictions actually play a role in preparing us for our eternal future. I don't believe, by the way, that Paul is belittling our pain and our challenges with the phrase light and momentary troubles. You hear a story like that, you go, hmm, not very light and not very momentary. Undoubtedly, they are very real and very challenging even for some in the room. Paul himself went through incredible pain and suffering for the gospel. You read that chapter where you know, he's stoned and shipwrecked and whipped and beaten and imprisoned and shipwrecked again and stoned again. What I believe Paul is wanting us to do is, is to do is not to minimize our struggles, but to maximize our hope. To help us to understand that even in the worst moments of what we might go through, that they're going to be used gloriously to make us more and more like our Saviour. Adam Ramsey says, Knowing that our afflictions are preparing for us incomparable glory means that we can be honest about our troubles without becoming morbid about them. We can be honest without being morbid. I've had the privilege of being alongside a number of believers over the years who've been going through and living with all kinds of pain and grief. I was reminded again this week, uh, we've now got the heritage, the legacy from our dear brother Mark, uh, Mark Blanchard. He gave us a gift in his will, and this is what we spent it on, this baptistry, which is wonderful, isn't it? I was thinking about the many, many times that I walked with him and, and shared with him, and others of you did the same. And we walked until he couldn't walk anymore, and then we talked until he couldn't talk anymore. But I was saying to Mike and Jill, we were, we were talking about it, I was talking to Mike about it. Do you know, I never once, never once heard him, as it were, curse of God. He, he could have done. It would have been utterly justified, that terrible degenerating disease. But what has stood out to me so often with people, Mark was very honest about his condition. He was very cross with it. He was very angry with it. He was very frustrated about the situation that he was in. But what I've often experienced with people in that situation is the sense of trust in the goodness of God. And even the experience of deep peace at times of challenge. It's astonished me at times to sit beside someone who literally is almost taking their, their last breaths. And the presence of God, the peace of God, 
profound. The knowledge that God is good all the time frees us from the fear that the valleys may well lie ahead. We are not overwhelmed because Jesus, the Lord Jesus, is the good shepherd. And he will be with us in the valley as we learn to trust him. So meditating on God's perfect sovereignty, God's perfect goodness, is how we ready ourselves. It's why we get into the word. It's why we determine to worship and to continue to worship, to remind ourselves of the nature and character and personhood of our great God. Because when those times arrive, and I say when because for many they will, we can trust the Lord Jesus with every single thing that troubles us. Why? Because the scars in his body are the evidence of the goodness of his heart. The scars in his body are the evidence of the goodness in his heart. Steve and others who'd like to come and help us, let's take some moments. We've got 15 minutes. It'll be so good. Let's just come back into the grace of God, the goodness of God. Why don't you stand? Let's stand together. If you would like prayer, if you'd like somebody to pray with you, I'll certainly be here. Ashley's around over here. You may want to turn to a friend that you're with. Let's just take some moments together to come back into this goodness of God in worship. Let's bring our fears. Some of us, maybe even today, we're thinking a lot about the future at the moment. What the future holds. Those kind of phrases. I want to invite you with Hannah, with others here, to walk by faith in the goodness of God. To come. Come with your questions. Come with your fears. Bring them to one who is the good shepherd, who will lead you into green pasture, who will feed you by faith, who will encourage you, strengthen you, bless you. Want to continue to pray for healing? We believe God heals today. We continue to pray for that. But in the midst of life, we also believe that he is good all the time. Amen? Amen. Let's worship, let's pray. If you would like prayer, I'd love to pray for you. Let's just take time in the Lord's presence together. Um, As we continue in worship, I just feel to pray, Lord, would you release your healing in this place? Release your healing. We release healing in the name of Jesus. If you'd like prayer specifically, do come forward. There's those here be only too pleased to pray for you. But just be before the Lord. I just this sense of being before the Lord this morning, and he, he releases his healing over us. Lord, just release your healing. Different things, different people have. Just come. Come with your healing. Lord, we we welcome your presence. We thank you, Lord. Just hear those words of Hannah. We don't worship so that you might heal us. 
We worship because you're worthy of our worship and our praise. But Lord, we come to you who does heal us. You do heal us. We worship you, Lord. Just release your healing as we continue.
Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Because God is good all the time. All the time. Lord, we, we thank you. We thank you. Lord, it, it feels so inadequate. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your life given for us. We thank you for the hope that we have. We thank you that even there can be joy in the midst of suffering. There can be peace in the presence of pain because you are with us. You are for us. You are towards us. Lord, I pray. I pray for each one today. Lord, that they may find that hope, may know that mercy, may receive that grace. Lord, and I pray that we might also be a blessing in the world around us. Lord, I pray that we may take that which is different, that which is of you, and Lord, it would fill us to such a, in such a way that it would overflow from us into the world in which we live and work and walk. Lord, that our testimony might be real and honest, but it might be one of the grace of God in our lives, the goodness of God in our lives. So I pray your blessing on each one in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.